Don't Look Back with Kaz Tran. Well, I mean, I think the things that happen to you early in your life, you know, you don't know how deep those things are affecting you. You only realize it later that you keep going back to these things over and over. There's one song from Wayne Coyne's childhood that ultimately shaped his outlook on making music and the flaming lips. It's a story about optimism. The backdrop, drugs, the moon landing, and a big, fun family life. I was born in 1961, and I have um, older brothers and older sister, and they always had uh, lots of friends at our house, always listening to music, always taking drugs, uh, riding motorcycles, going to jail, just all kinds of great hedonistic but very happy things happening. I think I always associated, you know, heavy uh, drug music and happiness together because of the way that my family you know, sort of as, as I was growing up. And, and that wouldn't be true for, for, you know, everybody in my situation. But, I mean, I was very lucky. I got to paint and draw and play music and listen to records, and I'm still doing that. Wow. <laughs> I know. But I think that that, that exposure to probably something like, um, the, you know, the Beatles, you know, A Day in the Life, that song, you know, when it came out, I mean, it came out in the, in, in the you know, it was 1968, 1960. Seven or something like that. We were all young enough, but it's something like the Beatles. That's even nowadays. It's always being considered in the world of music. There's a lot of music that is considered in its day, but then sort of disappears, you know. And that song being such a strange, long, arty, you know, kind of. Uh, it always it always appeared to us that it was about some kind of death or something like that. Something within that we we read into the song. Probably something like that has right. affected me on, you know, we call it a subconscious, but something in there that's beyond your control, you mm, know, something mm. that makes you say, you know, the reason you like, you know, the food you like or, you know, the, sure. the colors that you like. You know, it's kind of, it's sort of something that you don't really have a lot of say in. And I think it's because when I was young, to, to hear it and to have considered it and it gets into your system, you know. I read the news today, oh boy. About a lucky man who made the grade And though the news was rather sad Well, I just had to laugh I saw the photograph He blew his mind out in a car Can you paint that family picture for us, Wayne? I mean, there were five children. Is that right, or six in there's, your family? There's six. Yeah, six. yeah. You were yeah. fifth, weren't you? I was. I wasn't the youngest. So, you were the so, second so youngest. I've got, yeah, two older brothers. No, two, and then older sister. And then, so I'm fifth, and then the sixth one is the young one younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> So You're right. Yeah, a lot of uh, older <laughs> siblings to kind of influence you. So they, did did they have you know vast record collections? Really interested? Well, in- no one had had big record collections back then. I mean, my mother, luckily for me, I mean, she loved Tom Jones, and I don't know if, if Tom Jones was popular enough down here, but you know, he's a, just a really you know a great emotional singer and he sexual was sexual too well yeah I, I know that now you know um <laughs> i want to say anything about your mother but but you know. <laughs> but 
But at the time, I mean, he was he was and he was popular. I mean, I had a, a television show and all these things, you know. And it, and it just to be that young, it just sort of seemed like yeah, to do music is that's got to be the greatest thing in the world, you know. But it was also very much about art. Too, you know, none of us were musical, and I never considered myself even a singer. You know, I always just say I'm a, I'm a guy that likes to sing, and the world lets me get away with it. When I was young, growing up, it just there was no one around us that was like a professional artist or musician. It was always something you did after you did your. It was like a hobby. Your job, but it had a great joy about it. You know that when you got done with your work, you got to do this wonderful thing you know and we all looked at it like well we'd have a job and then you should pursue these things that make you happy and little by little it even now it's hard to believe that it's it's my job i mean i'm doing this mm. i'm talking to you kaz it's <laughs> <laughs> my job it's amazing it is it and you're is. amazing at it um if you could take us back to the beatles yeah a day in the life that particular song that you mentioned yeah. you said something like that but yeah. you know, that that song no i mean obviously... i when i think of that a lot because i mean we as years have gone on we were, we we've been able to know Sean Lennon um and and actually record with Sean and actually know Yoko, Yoko Ono and you know be be i mean we're as involved as they allow us to be you know to in in their music and their lives and stuff and just of course to them obviously it's this love of not just John's music but the Beatles music and that whole connection to it but you know I, I think that's the the thing about the Beatles being so popular is you got to know more about them than just their music. You know, they were one of the only groups that you could go and read about how they how they recorded their singing and drums and these things that if you're interested in making records, well, I mean, we still listen to their records today and go, how did they do that? It's just amazing. But little by little, you know, things would become available that you could, and I think that's why we have such a deep love for them because it's just a, just an openness, an honesty, and a, just a, there was love in what they were doing. You know, they they wanted to do it, and they loved doing it, and it was it was part of them. You know, and you see that when you see how how much stuff they did and how quickly they had to do it. Can we have a little quiet, please? Would you like the boys to talk to you? And say a few words, if it's possible. A police officer said here a moment there'd be at least 30,000 people in front of the town hall area. And that they were optimistic. That's probably the thing that people would get annoyed at them about. It's something that's never been seen in Adelaide before. It's absolutely amazing. They do. They really do sing about love, which is it's a strange, abstract thing. Strawberry fields forever. We do this a lot sometimes when people say, what do you think love is? It's like, oh, no. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just an unspeakable uh, dimension that I think music is. We wouldn't need music or like it so much if it didn't, you know, it speaks of a world that's kind of unspeakable. And I think that's being so young and being exposed to um, this powerful thing, as we know now. I mean, people that love music, I mean, how lucky are we that the Beatles were so popular, you know, and they could influence not just you know, the music that we liked, but the way that we looked and the things that we thought were important and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. And I think even like the movie um, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of like when I was, I was born in 1961 and so by the time all this is happening in the late 60s, early 70s, you know, a record like 
Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which the day in the life is on. Yep. Um, which you know, back re- then <laughs> we we did indeed, <laughs> which was an accident. But you know, like we go with we go with the flow, like a lot of things. But you know, back then a record, especially when you're young, you'll just listen to it forever. It doesn't really matter that it came out a year ago or whatever. Like like nowadays, you know, we're all aware of like when a record comes out and you know whatever. Back then it was just like it was just a re- music that was like forever with us, you know, and movies would be the same way. Uh, a movie like 2001 A Space Odyssey, I think it came out in like 1968 or something, but still three and four years later was still around, mm. you know, it was still being played in theaters and stuff. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Columbia, Columbia, this is Houston, AOS, over. And I remember just being old enough, uh, the moon landing had happened. I think it was at the end of a summer or something. I remember that we were, we were, the family was all outside with our friends and all this sort of stuff. And I remember we looked up and thought, there's actually people on the moon right now. And we were young enough and optimistic enough to think, well, yeah, by the time we get to be adults, that's just what we'll do. We'll fly around in space listen to music and I don't know what else we'll do but we'll just do that you know and I think that that's probably what I thought was going to happen to me up until I was about 35 and it dawned on me oh my god none of that's true but you're still dreaming. <laughs> life is horrible well, you're still dreaming about it you're still writing and imagining what that would be like you well, know, I, very think, much I think that's that, I think that's that subconscious stuff that comes out of you yeah, you know and I yeah. think every time the flaming lips in general. When we make music, there's part of us that is focused and there's things that we're doing. But I think we're, we're lucky that this invisible version of ourselves is always there. Kind of driving. It's part of it, yeah. yeah. And yeah. even though, I mean, we, we, we accept it now, but I mean, when we were making even a record like The Soft Bulletin or Yoshimi Bowles of Pink Robots, we didn't have an intention of this being like uplifting you know, uh, optimistic music. Mm. As we would make it, I would always hear us. I'd, I'd hear myself, but I'd hear us as a group and just think, oh, these guys, these guys, you just can't beat them. You know, they're always, they always are looking on, they always see the bright side. And that would be something that when we were young, we would probably have said, no, you know, we're, we're tough and we're, you know, we're whatever. But I think that's that, you know, when when I was young, that music just got in me and that optimism yeah. and that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just melted yeah. away the skepticism or any cynicism that we well, know came along with. Well, you. are the things that you that you do? You know, I always say like with the front of your mind, you, the parts of you that you control. Um, you can be a a complete fool if you're if you're allowed to be. You know, <laughs> if you go along with it. Yeah. 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 Or, or you know, and but I think that's why um, music, especially, is is always made. Um, better because of of collaboration you know it's like what you do affects the person next to you and you get to listen to it as opposed to you know being the creator the creator is always thinking he's right or he wouldn't he wouldn't want to create if he was you know too too insecure but the you know listening to music you know it has an effect on you and luckily i'm around people that would say you know that part that you just did now that's amazing they would never say the other part isn't they would just uh, yeah. Point to the let's go to the stuff that is really shining, and yeah. not worry about the stuff that isn't. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So, and then if I could 
ask you then a little bit more also about um, yeah, yeah. A Day in the Life, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that song. What was it about that song? Were there, you know, just the different surprising movements in it? Yeah, and, and that it, it – what it, was it that it, really stuck with you? And, it is, and, it's creepy. I mean, in, when my brothers were listening to um, – at the time they were listening to an uh, – do you know what an eight-track cassette you know, it's like this big clunky little, you know, the tape that went around. Um, the stereo system that they had in their room, and, and, and I think about it now because we're in hotel rooms where there's black curtains all the time because you're getting in there and you want it to be dark. My brothers, two of my older brothers, had their complete room in these, in these black curtains. So you can go in there any time of the day or night and it's just completely dark and they've got, you know, black light posters and all these great incense and pot and all these great things that are happening. But they never realized that one half of the stereo didn't work for about six months or so. You know, it's like even though it was stereo, only one side was working. I don't think anybody um, paid that much attention to it. I, I did, but it, I didn't know what to do about it. And this record, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, is, is a record that one side of the stereo is playing this stuff and the other side is playing something else and they're you know they're meant to be heard together and they they form this cloud of of sounds that are helping each other but on the on the day in the life track you know if you just have one side of of the stereo john lennon's voice will drift into that speaker and out of that speaker and i had no idea that this was that the other side wasn't there i just thought that's the way that the song was that he was here and then he would drift away and be this very ghostly, distorted, sort of mechanical sounding version of himself. just the strangest strangest recording later i heard it and i didn't like it as much when i heard both sides together but i i put it together like oh i, I was just hearing the one side but it was you know it's very strange and otherworldly and creepy and and beautiful all at the same time but in kind of a, just a an uncanny way and you know i mean that's one of the things about even uh the beatles even working with someone like a george martin it's like you know, sometimes their instruments weren't even all that in tune, and they would sort of play intuitively enough that the out of tuneness is musicalness. You know, and would you go to play those things without these slight little bits of the of the frequency being not quite right? It it doesn't it doesn't work. And these are all magical things that are in the recording. George had done little of uh, no rock and roll when we met him and we'd never been in a studio so we did a lot of learning together he had a very great musical knowledge and background some of these recordings like the beatles recordings have this magical musicianship um, magical lyrics and a magical way of actually recording i mean every layer you go to is fascinating and not all music is like that some music you know we would You'd start to consider it, and you'd listen to it, and you'd go, oh, well, it's kind of cheap. But, uh, but Beatles music n- would never do that to us. It, o- it would always be like, oh, my God, they're doing that. When you, it's giving you this illusion. It's, it's, it's a little bit like, like an abstract painting or something. You know, you're, it's giving you an illusion of it, what's happening, and then when you break it down, that's not really what's happening. It's these little 
these little bits that are that work together that it's synergize giving you this something. impression. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so great. Yeah. But that song, and I, I think a lot of people would probably pick that song as being, you know, one of those moments of how recording and art and all that really really worked. You know, they've got these sound effects and. Like I said, his voice going from side to side is just un- unheard of. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. doing unknown, unheard of things yeah, in there. Like, yeah, the and, and that's that's a mark of their their imagination and their curiosity, which is all in their music. Again, you know, that's all in there. And I think um, that I was, was, you know, lucky enough that when I was young, before you know what's cool and what isn't cool or whatever, all this stuff gets in there. And then every time you revisit it, you know, it comes out of you with this all this. These, these memories and all these things associated with, with when you're young, which for me was wonderful. Do you Don't Look Back is produced by me, Kaz Tran, with Mike Williams from Double J Radio. Check out the music from your past, present and future at doublej.net.au. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. The theme music for Don't Look Back is by Neighbourhood Youth, who we discovered on triplejunearth.com. Next time on Don't Look Back, Drones frontman Gareth Lydiard. And it was just feral, you know, like a rat in a gutter. Scary, small and mean. Don't Look Back, the song that changed it all.